Hello there. Uh, we greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what a privilege it is for us to be coming to you at this time to uh, start back up our Bible study as far as 2020 is concerned. Well, 2021 rather. And um, uh, But unfortunately, I think that it still feels like 2020, <laughs> especially after some of the things that have transpired as far as yesterday is concerned. It is my hope that during our time together that we will be able to share with you uh, some insights from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, while at the same time uh, giving uh, what I would call a fresh word to help us to navigate these nefarious times. So if we could, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer as we sense and seek what it is that the Lord will have for us to learn. God, at this time, on January the 7th, uh, we come to you, O oh God, because here in the United States in particular and in our world in general, we know that things could be even worse, but it's hard for us to imagine such. Your staying hand of grace and mercy, your providential care has not allowed for things to be even crazier. And yet, God, we have to testify that in times like these, we need an anchor. God, as I prepare to share uh, a teaching moment, need your Holy Spirit at this time to give insight and to give fresh water being pulled from an old well. Show so yourself mighty and strong, O God, you the master teacher, show up, teach us your precepts, and let your word be a lamp to our feet and a light unto our pathway. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So today we want to start our lesson and finish up the letter to the church at Philippi. So we want to look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And as we uh, turn to this, I'm going to ask that you will highlight or either underline some key words and phrases that will require our attention as we go through these particular verses. So Philippians chapter 1, I mean chapter 4 rather, verses 1 through 5. It reads like this, Therefore, my beloved and long-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. If you would, I want you to circle the words beloved um, at the beginning and at the end and draw a line between the two. Underline the phrase, my joy and my crown, and then circle the phrase, so stand fast in the Lord. Verse 2, I implore uh, Eudia and I implore Sintichi. I want you to underline, circle the words implore. And then I want you to circle the names Eudia and Sintichi. To be of the same mind in the Lord. I want you to underline the phrase to be of the same mind in the Lord. Verse 3 I urge you also, true companion. To help these women who have labored with me in the gospel. I want you to highlight the phrase, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. With Clement also, circle the word or the name Clement. And the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I want you to underline the phrase and the rest of my fellow workers or yoke fellows whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4. 
rejoice. Circle the phrase, the word rejoice. In the Lord always, underline the phrase in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Circle the word rejoice and draw a line between those two. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I want you to underline the phrase, the Lord is at hand. All right. Paul gives a wonderful introduction to Philippians chapter 4. Um, when he talks about my beloved and long for brethren, my crown and my joy, so stand fast in the Lord beloved. Uh, Paul is uh, coming to this church in his wrap up uh, to let them know that uh, I'm getting ready to close out this letter. There are some things I want to share with you, and I want to deal with the issue of why I'm writing this letter. So in this chapter, Paul will address the subject that he has touched on repeatedly throughout the letter, but he's also sweetening the congregation to be able to hear what he has to do as far as apostolic correction is concerned. I, I would dare say that one of the hardest things that those of us who love the Lord's people, those of us who are pastors, have to do in ministry is when we have to address the sins of the saints. And as leaders, we cannot sit back and ignore the sinful behavior of those who are part of the household of faith. We just can't do it. Uh, as we navigate what the law will have for us to do, we got to express love for them. But unfortunately, we too angrily attack those engaged in sin rather than affectionately approaching them. And so Paul, at this particular time, is coming with a sense of meekness to deal with the issue that he has rather than being mean. So, notice what it says, therefore my beloved and long for brethren, that term long for brethren basically means I've been missing you all. I wish I could see you. I would dare say this is how I feel in these pandemic times. I've been missing the disciples of St. Paul. I've been missing the opportunity for us to gather in the household of faith where we can see one another, fellowship with one another, worship with one another. Uh, there's only so much we can do on the screen. I miss having people here on Thursday in Bible study. Uh, I, I, I miss seeing your faces. I long to be in your presence. Unfortunately, this pandemic, COVID-19, will not let us be great. And I know that I'm going to have to continue to long to be in your presence because we will not be able to come back together in a very meaningful way uh, for quite some time. We're going to be here for a moment. And so I want to express, as I take this little phrase, my beloved and long for brothers and sisters, I just want to take this opportunity and make it live because disciples of St. Paul and all of those who are joining us, as your pastor and as your fellow disciple, I miss you all. Um, I, I miss you all. Paul also drops this line because Paul wants the people at Philippi to know that he loves them and for those that he have to correct that he wants them to know that they're going to be corrected in love. And so when you know that you are loved, that whatever comes your way as far as correction, 
is not seen as criticism more so than concern. So, so Paul is basically at this time dropping this line to let them know that whatever discipline I have to render, that it is going to be done not out of spite, but it's going to be done out of love. So I like the way that Paul kind of couches this phrase, and then he continues because he wants them to know that as I have grown in my faith with Jesus Christ, uh, I want you all to know that had I not walked with Christ and grown in Christ, probably the way I express myself would not come across as being helpful, but rather hurtful. And all I'm trying to do is to keep you all from making mistakes that's going to hinder you down the road. Then notice what Paul says. Paul says, uh, he calls the Philippian church his joy and crown. His joy and crown. Out of all the churches that Paul established, he established the church at Ephesus. He established the church at Rome. He uh, helped the church at uh, Galatia. Uh, he helped the church at Colossae. Um, out of all the churches that Paul established, the church at Corinth, the church at Philippi was probably his favorite church. A sister by the name of Lydia uh, helped to establish that church and get it off its feet. Uh, and because of his love for the church at Philippi, he called this church a source of joy and he also considered it to be one of his crowning achievements. A source of joy in his crowning achievement. They, they were special to him. And whenever Paul talked about uh, the church at Philippi, it put a smile on his face. Uh, it's wonderful, isn't it, when you can think about people and have a sense of rejoicing rather than a moment of regret. Let me say that again. Isn't it wonderful when you can have a sense of rejoicing rather than a moment of regret? So not only did Paul call them uh, his joy, but he also said, you're my crown. Now, in the Greek, there are two different understandings of the word crown. Uh, one is diadem, diadem. This is the crown of a leader. This is the crown that you put on the head of a king or a queen. So it was a diadem, a crown of governmental authority. So that's one aspect of crown. There is another aspect of crown that is in the Greek known as stephanos. That's where we get the word Stephen. That's where we get the name Stephanie. Those names in the Greek mean crown. Stephanos is the crown that a runner would get when he crossed the finish line as far as the uh, a marathon or the Greek games were concerned or the crown that a person got at an athletic event. So Paul uses the term Stephanos when he talked about the crown of righteousness. Okay? The crown of righteousness. But the crown mentioned here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, is not Stephanos, it's diadema. It is the crown of authority or the crown of governmental authority. So Paul is basically saying, I am so delighted to be your leader. Okay? He uses that word as well. All right? Um, uh, Stephanos is the crown here. No, I take that back. Stephanos is the crown here that he uses as far as an athletic event. So Paul wants them to know that you all are basically 
the crown that brings me joy and you are the crown that I would basically have when the Lord gives me my crown on the day of judgment. So it is in this text, Paul is using the word Stephanos, not diadema, but Stephanos. Even though he was the apostle and their leader, Paul wanted them to know that you all are a major achievement by how you govern yourselves. All right? So, as we move forward, I want you to understand that Paul wants us to know that this is a church that I love deeply. They have brought me joy. They are one of the major achievements as far as my work in the kingdom is concerned. And because of everything that I have seen them do, I can stand fast in the Lord knowing that the Lord is pleased with my work. So notice what else he says. Notice what else he says. He is encouraging them to stand up, hold fast to what they know, and don't waver from the faith. In other words, don't lose your footing in the Lord. Hold on to what I have taught you, the truth of the gospel. Hold on to the fact that as you continue to do the work that has been assigned your hands, you become a major achievement in Christ for me. And because you are a major achievement in Christ for me, then basically I have joy and I'm able to stand fast because when I look at you, you all basically make me smile. I'm able to stand fast in Christ because of you. I want you now to stand fast in Christ because of everything I've taught you. And even when we try to stand fast and hold on to the teachings of the faith, the devil would do everything he can to make us slip. The devil would do everything he can to throw a monkey wrench in what we think about God. I, I want to say for, 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 for just a moment that what happened on yesterday in Washington, D.C. at the United States Capitol, and we're talking about standing fast in the Lord, where I saw the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ become de delegitimized. Where I saw the name, saw folks carrying flags of Jesus alongside flags of Trump. And the name of Jesus became bastardized as far as an Americanized understanding of who Jesus is. And I would dare say that if you're going to stand fast in the Lord, it is not standing fast in the Lord of an Americanized Christ, holding a United States flag, carrying an AK-47, or weapons of mass destruction. If you're going to stand fast in the Lord, you cannot stand fast in a Lord that is white-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, that supports and undergirds white supremacy. If you're going to stand fast in the Lord, you cannot stand fast in a Lord that supports institutions that continue to discriminate the least of these, the oppressed, the marginalized, and the disenfranchised. Can't stand fast in that type of Lord. That is not the Christ of the Bible. That is the Christ of white supremacy. That is a Jesus of white patriarchy. That is a Jesus of American uh, classism. It is not 
the Christ of Scripture. The Christ of Scripture has love for the least, the lost, the left outs, and the forgotten abouts. It is not the Christ or the Jesus that was being supported, that was being carried under a banner that supports a Donald Trump in D.C. And so I say this because we got to stand fast in who the real Jesus is. Not some false made up antichrist, but who the real Jesus is when it comes to the Jesus of scripture. Not an Americanized Jesus that only substantiate and support white folks, but the Jesus who is a person of color who comes from the marginalized places of this world and who basically died for all who would believe in him. Let me continue my study. Because I think that right now what has to happen is that as Paul gets ready to give a corrective to two sisters in verse 2 that we need to give a corrective uh, here in America. Watch how I weave this and make it live. Paul says in verse 2, I implore uh, Euodia and Sintichi. I implore, I beg Iodia and I implore Sintichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now one thing I got to give, give, give Paul credit for is that Paul in his writings and in his teachings was always trying to plant seeds of truth. Particularly in this rich fertile soil at the Philippian church. And at this moment he is getting ready to really set them straight. He is getting ready to lower what I call the boom as far as this church at Philippi is concerned. So notice it is with tiptoe anticipation to hear what Paul has to say. They've been waiting for this letter for a long, long time. Um, and, 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 and let me, if I could, lift your sanctified imagination because can you imagine that when Epaphroditus who brings this letter to them started reading this letter I can imagine some folks going like oh it's so great to hear from Paul verse chapter 1 oh it's so great to hear from Paul chapter 2 oh he's talking about how we need to be of the mind of Christ and how every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess in chapter 3, how he talks about how we need to learn to be content in all things. I mean, I mean, I can see them saying, praise the Lord. Ooh, I can't wait for Paul to get. And then he starts off this section by saying, I love you and I miss your day. He says, now, um, sisters, Iodias and Tichi, I need y'all to get your act together. He, he, in chapter 4, this is what he's been waiting to get to. Because division and disharmony has made its way into the church. Paul says, I implore, I am begging you. Yodia, and I'm begging you, Sintichi. To be of the same mind in the Lord. These two women were part of the church and they didn't get along with each other. And while I'm glad that Paul did not reveal what the squabble was all about. He is letting them know. Iodia, Sintichi, I need you to be of the same mind in the Lord. He, he doesn't let us know what the squabble is all about. So, so even though he doesn't let us know what the squabble is all about, we know 
in 2021 what some folks can fall out about in the church. And, 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 and can I dare say that we fall out in the church over some of the dumbest stuff. Dumb stuff. Like the color of the carpet. Dumb stuff like what color is going to be put on the wall. Dumb stuff. I mean, just absolute dumb stuff. We fall out over our preferences. What color the drapes going to be? Dumb stuff. Oh, this is a good one. What kind of choir robes are we going to have? Dumb stuff. What the color of the usher uniforms going to be? Are they going to wear white or are we going to wear black? Is it going to be off-white? Dumb stuff. That ain't got nothing to do with the sake of the kingdom. Dumb stuff. Paul is saying, I need for you two sisters to get on one accord. <laughs> Dumb stuff. And, and, and so notice that Paul is dealing with this issue in the church, in the church meeting. Because watch this. The same church that had been started by women, Lydia, who was a rich businesswoman, is one of the key benefactors of the church at Philippi. Same church started by women, not being divided by women. I, I can imagine that they were looking at Epaphroditus going like, he, why did he go to Rome and tell Paul what was going on here? And now Paul trying to set us straight. And, and Paul saying, I need you all to be of the same mind. Watch this in the Lord. Let me... Let me weave where we are right now in this country. I implore the white evangelical church. I implore the charismatic church. I implore the conservative black churches. I implore the progressive church. I implore progressive black churches to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now here's the question because it is what Lord? What Jesus? We can't be of the same mind in the Lord if we ain't got the same Jesus. We can't be of the same mind if we don't have the same Lord. Not a Lord of our own creation. Not a Jesus of our own imagination. Not a Christ of our own construct. But I'm talking about the God, the Christ of our God. Can you imagine how powerful the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would be if we got on the same mind and got away from the Christ of white supremacy or the Christ that is created in the image of American racism. Can, can, can you imagine where we would be right now because the flag that was being carried with Jesus' name on it yesterday in Washington, D.C. had nothing to do with the Christ of Scripture. We cannot be of the same mind if we ain't got the same Lord. And it is so amazing how now all of us Christians are being wiped with a broad stroke just because of how 
folks who look at the white evangelical church view all of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. It is hard to be of the same mind in the Lord if we're not worshiping the same Christ. It's not. And so, watch this. Just as Paul is dealing with these two women, it is my contention that pastors and preachers need to deal with the factions that causes the Christ of our God to be shamed. I am absolutely amazed at how I have seen nor heard from white evangelical Christians about the craziness that took place in D.C. yesterday. Right. Right. I, I, I am absolutely amazed. How can we be of the same mind in the Lord and white evangelical Christians? Mm -hmm. Southern Baptists who wants to denounce critical race theory and they don't even really understand what it's all about. But you cannot at least admonish your president who really incited a coup attempt. Southern Baptist, where are you? White charismatics that want to speak in tongues but not yet critique what your president did, where are you? Black conservatives like a Daryl Scott who have given this president coverage thinking that you speak for all black folks. Where are you? Where is your critique of the madness? That was a coup attempt yesterday. That was an insurrection. Where are our so-called particularly Southern Baptist brothers and sisters speaking out on the fact that had it been black people in D.C. and we would not have been crazy enough to storm the Capitol, especially those who participate in Black Lives Matter movement because we got more sense than that. We wouldn't be trying to climb that. Can you see black folks trying to climb something? Black folks be going like, we ain't trying to do all that. No. But they were climbing and breaking windows. They treaded and invaded one of the most sacred institutions of our government. And you all want to act like we have gone back to normal. No, the hell we haven't. We are in a dark place right now. And I hear nothing. From those on the religious right. We're not in the same mind because we ain't serving the same Lord. Now watch how I hook this up because in verse 3, Paul says, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who have labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul told the pastor of Philippi, get busy ministering to these sisters. Because they need some help in dealing with whatever their issue is. Because these sisters have helped me in the gospel. I don't know how long the feud have been going on. But Paul was saying, uh, pastors, I need you to help them to get over this. Because we got to focus on building the kingdom. There are times when we got to call brothers and sisters in the Lord to the carpet. 
What I am doing right now, I am calling those who have enabled this president to do what he has done. I'm calling you to the carpet. Don't tell me that you serve and love Jesus and you ain't saying nothing about what happened yesterday. Or are you going to give this man a pass? Are you going to have some deathbed confession? What we see happening in America right now is the death rattle of white supremacy. Because folks are afraid. They ain't protesting Joe Biden. They're afraid that eventually a black woman is going to become president or have a lot of power. What happened yesterday in D.C. was more than political, it was racial. And I don't hear nothing from the Southern Baptists. Oh, that's because Southern Baptists was really founded not on Baptist principles, but you were founded on racism. And guess what? What your seed is is what you will produce as fruit. We got to call our brothers and sisters in the Lord to the carpet. Got to. Because this is what separates the wheat from the tares. This is what separates the sheep from the goats. I would dare say that Historically, and this is what I really like about when we talk about the black church, the reason that the black church exists is not because we discriminate, but because we were discriminated against. And the reason why, for the most part, the black church is so open to receiving others is because what we know is what it's like to be made the other. Very rarely do you hear about black churches excluding folks or excluding white folks. Whereas we know of many instances. Even in 2021, there's a town in Minnesota that's try, that where churches are, being, are, are trying to say they don't have to let white, black folks in. 2021. Got to call our brothers and sisters in the Lord to the carpet. Let me, let, me, let me finish up. Uh, because Paul then makes a shift by reminding the whole congregation. He says, listen, these two women have been very helpful to me in sharing the gospel. They're sincere about their commitment to Christ. Their gifts and talents have been covered up because of their disharmony. Let me bring this down to the micro level because I want you to understand that when we have disagreements in the church, when we have disunity in the church, it really impairs the gifts and the graces of those that are fussing against each other from being seen and being demonstrated. So we as a church can't give up on folks when they have disagreements and disunity. And there are times that we in the church engage in the cancel culture. We allow for the wrongs, one wrong of a person to erase all the things they've done right. Hallelujah, you can't erase the names out of the book of life. That when humans try to cult cancel you, look at this. At the end of verse 3, it says their names are in the book of life. God does not cancel them. Ooh, I felt that there's a remedy to the cancel culture. Yeah. 
There may have been some folks saying, well, apparently they must not be saved and acting the way they act. Paul wanted to make sure that kind of talk was squashed because guess what? There's a whole lot of us that do some things that make God shake his head and disgust and, and contempt as well. And he does not cancel us nor kick us to the curb. Let me go ahead and wrap this thing up. Verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And if we're going to rejoice, we've got to be in the same Lord always. Get, again, I say rejoice. He gives a double emphasis to the word rejoice. Paul refocuses the church at Philippi. All right? The atmosphere where Paul had to do correction, he now tells him, I want you to rejoice in the Lord. That's how we stay focused on Jesus so we don't have time for a division. Okay? An atmosphere of praise can quickly dissipate discord. Let me say that again. An atmosphere of praise can dissipate discord. An atmosphere of praise can create a scene of harmony. Listen, how can a person rejoice when he or she has been offended by somebody? How can you rejoice when you're sitting on the same pew with someone who has lied on you? How can you rejoice when your heart has been broken? It ain't easy to rejoice, but notice what Paul says. Paul does not say rejoice in yourself, but he says rejoice in who the Lord always. Take the focus off you and your stuff. Put it on the Lord, and that's why he emphasized, says again, rejoice. Because guess what? When we focus on Jesus, when we focus on him, we take the attention off ourselves. When division surfaces in the family of faith, someone should stand up and read Psalms 31 verse 4. I mean 34 verse 1. Or Psalm 103 out loud. Someone should read that. You need to know how that looks. Paul ain't playing with them. Paul says, I bless the Lord at all times by his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Paul says, oh, bless the, I mean, the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not his benefits, who heal all diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Rejoice. Because guess what? I know personally it is hard for me to bless the Lord at all times and be mad at my brother or sister at the same time. It is hard for me to bless the Lord and remember all the blessings that God has done for me, including his forgiveness, because then it ought to help me to forgive others who have offended me. I'm just saying that God has greater things in store. Let me wrap up with verse 5 when he says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Paul was telling those sisters to exercise kindness and gentleness to be selfless toward each other. It's not always a matter about who's right or wrong. But it comes down to a matter of, do I want the relationship? Who cares what color the carpet is eventually? Because guess what? If you don't like the color of the carpet, you'll make an adaption. You'll get used to it. Who cares whether the, cr the cross on your robe is on the right or the left? If my thoughts are different from yours, why should it cause us to fall out with one another? We just have a difference of opinion. Don't let issues keep you from doing what the Lord will have for us to do because you give place to the devil.
you give place to the devil. Paul sums this up by saying, for the Lord is at hand. Um, basically what Paul is saying, because Paul had this idea that the Lord was getting ready to immediately come back. And it wasn't that Paul was saying, if you don't get your act together, you're going to miss out on when the Lord is coming back. Basically what Paul is saying is, when the Lord returns, don't let him catch you behaving like this. When Jesus returns, don't, don't, don't let Jesus find the saints squabbling. When Jesus returns, don't let Jesus find the disciples divided. When Jesus returns, don't let Jesus find Christians in conflict. He should find us loving one another. We got too much work to do to sit around and be mad at each other. Too many people don't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins. The harvest is, 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 is plentiful. The laborers are few. So we got to do what we can to do the work of ministry, to bring more people to Christ so they can experience his love and salvation and his transforming work, not only in the world to come, but in this world as well. It is incumbent upon you, my brother and sister, for us to get our act together so that we can become a brighter light shining in a world and in a culture who needs to know that God loves them. Next week we will pick up on verse um, 6 and uh, sense what the Lord will have to do as far as that time is concerned. As we wrap up our first Bible study of 2021, Let's continue to pray for our country. Let's continue to pray for one another. And let's, as Paul implored, Eodia and Sentichi, let's get our act together and let's become in the same mind in the Lord. Amen. As we close our Bible study, I want to let you know that we give you the opportunity to, if you so desire, to support uh, St. Paul, the work we did in 2020 and we continue to do in 2021 does not happen without your generosity. If you want to give, you can send a check or money order to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or call the church office and drop off your, your gift. If you want to give for Bible study, even as you give, you can put on it Bible study and it'll be allotted to that category. If you have lost your job, you've been furloughed, you don't have significant income coming in, I don't expect for you to give. But for those of us that still have income, this is where the strong can bear the infirmity of the week. You can even give through your smart device or through our website, through Givelify or through ACS. I just want to thank you for whatever you do to help us to advance the cause of our Christ. God smiles upon you and God is appreciative of all that you have done. So thank you so very much for what you did for us, but more importantly for the kingdom in 2020. And let us continue to do great things and even greater things in 2021. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you and we thank you and we got so much work to do and so little time to do it in a world that is spiraling out of control and yet we become the conduit of your kingdom. So let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us put aside our minuscule squabbles so that we can continue the advancement of your kingdom. That is to show your love, your grace, your mercy, your power, and compassion. And to let others know that you came and died that they may have a right to the tree of life. We lift up loved ones, oh God, part of our church family who have lost loved ones uh, to COVID-19, to other ailments. We lift up those who have been sick and shut in. 
We lift up those, O oh God, who are going through right now. Have your way, O oh God, as only you can. Now, God, as we close this lesson, uh, let us take what we've heard and apply it to our hearts so we can become better disciples for thee. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. God bless you all, and we'll see you all on next Thursday. The Lord said the same. Read the rest of Philippians chapter 4. And the Lord said the same. We'll see you same time next week.